My goodness me. Here it is. Predictable. Well choreographed. Perfectly rehearsed. Hello and welcome to a jam-packed episode 4 of Grassroots, the only rugby podcast just about the women's grassroots game. In this collapsed mall of an episode, we discuss the aftermath of games, Molly's injury, and we welcome Sleaford ladies to the pod. Oh, and Sherry visits Pim and Pam with typical results. This podcast will be like sitting in the clubhouse bar with a pint after a game. We hope you enjoy it. 22 months with a triple knee operation. She runs in, tries for... I'm Lou. She has got a remarkable strike rate. And I'm Jodie. The forward who can't stop scoring. And Molly. The cannonball coming through. And I'm Matt. This is Grassroots. The really grassroots run was when we were playing uh, rugby in Blessington. And we went up and we all had to move the sheep off the field before we started. Because <laughs> their the lawnmower had broken down and they'd gone to a local farmer to get some sheep in to keep the grass down. Being on my first social, I cried after the sevens game, drank too many beers and I was sick. <laughs> I survived, I didn't die. And I just had a bit of a cry. And then I got too drunk and threw up. No, honestly, I'm struggling to keep my uh, eyes open. It's all right, I'm just providing Molly with all the uh, content for tonight. <laughs> Excuse me, I've had, very busy... I've had no limb. I've lost a limb. Well, you've still got a bloody brain and eyes. I've been very busy. How does your leg stop you from doing some research for a podcast? Well, I'll tell you how. Because for the past two nights, I've not slept because... I'm an idiot. Oh, in which case you could have done more research. Oh, God. Well, no, we ran out of painkillers last night. I was like a druggie, honestly. I was looking around the house hunting for ibuprofen. I could have made you my cocktail. No, absolutely yes. not. What, the Barocca and Christ knows what? No, amaretto, cranberry and morphine. <laughs> it would have done the trick honestly it got to the point at 2am i would have taken anything at that point because i was in so much pain oh, i didn't think i could have brought you the morphine this afternoon i've still got some do you reckon anyone of any note will listen to this and be like these are dealing drugs via a podcast but they're not mainstream drugs are they you know morphine. the street price of morphine is probably better than it is for heroin oh really how much Sadly, Jodie can't join us tonight because Jodie has a new laptop and she's not able to access our podcasting platform through it. So we'll have to sort that out next time. Where did she get this laptop from, the Chinese market? She also said she had four other laptops in the house. Maybe Jodie's dealing morphine. Yeah. Well, if we deal some morphine, we could use the money to buy her a laptop that's compatible with Zencaster. <laughs> <laughs> what, not off the back of a lorry? Don't know many backs of lorries anymore. <laughs> anymore. It'd be nice to just see a lorry at the moment, generally, wouldn't it? Honestly, <laughs> the fuel crisis. <laughs> I can't get fuel anywhere. Not that I can go anywhere. Maybe we should become a lorry driver, Molly. You'd be a good lorry driver. Molly, tell us about your injury. Was it your flap or...? Well, honestly, I'd have rather injured both flaps than be in this current state right now. <laughs> I'd rather disabled my whole vagina instead of the pain that I am currently in. <laughs> to be honest, it was 10 minutes, maybe five minutes from the end of the game on Sunday against Darlington. And then two 
other players from the other team. I got tackled from one player in one direction and another one in the other on the same leg. Turns out knees don't like that. And there was a very loud popping sound, which I'm sure Lou can relate to with her injury. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of screaming on the floor. However, the best bit of it was very grassroots. There was no real way to get me back to the changing room other than my teammates to take turns carrying me great so yes so josh and one of our girls that played her debut her boyfriend came along he got a post-game workout by carrying me in like a little chariot with josh i reckon it was about half a mile from the pitch to the changing rooms and that's not even an exaggeration and obviously i'm not the lightest of people not the heaviest so, um, yeah, not great. Crutches. The best grassroots rugby carrying off pitch situation was actually in a men's game where said player was delivered a mobility scooter and he drove himself off the pitch with his leg up in the air. So, shame they didn't have one of those there for you on Sunday morning. Any uh, transport would have been grateful, to be honest. But at least it wasn't your flaps. This is true. But the thing is, right, obviously, I turned the big 3-0 up next Tuesday. I was hoping to have my party on Saturday, get very merry, and then play hungover on Sunday. This latter is now not going to happen, and I'm hopefully just going to fill everyone else's water bottles up with alcohol. Just drop it up. What, sabotaging the win against Didsbury, our favourite club? Well, no, I'm hoping I'll get Didsbury that pissed that we'll just walk all over them. Their water bottles, right? Yeah, sorry. I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag. Nice idea. Nice idea. So, not good starts to the season then? I do have a, a very grassroots story, but it's it wasn't in the female game. It was something I witnessed at the weekend. The game's kicked off. I won't reveal what team it is. The game's kicked Come off. On. What team um, is it? Come on. Let's keep it secret. We'll refer to it as Chomes Happel. Chomes Happel, <laughs> yeah. Know. A friend of mine's playing full bat. They're playing along, and the winger turns around to him and says, my missus has just seen my Tinder. My friend's like, eh? And it turns out the winger has given his phone to his missus while he's playing rugby, forgotten to turn the Tinder app off. And as he's been playing, his missus has looked at his phone because it's going off and seen the Tinder notifications on his phone. So during the game, she's said to him, I've just seen what's on your phone. Meanwhile, the game is still continuing. Balls are going everywhere. So the winger jogs back as the other team has scored a try. They go behind the try line. The winger says to my friend, I think I'm going to have to end it with her. And he's like, we're playing a game of rugby, mate. Shut up. So then the next time they kick the ball to the other end, he jogs past his missus and dumps her before she can dump him. (laughs) Oh, my God. I shit you not. What did she do? Well, the thing is, she stayed till the end of the game. You're kidding me. To bollock him. I didn't really see the aftermath on her left. To beat him. She had his phone as well. She could have wreaked havoc. It was really bad. But then I was thinking, what would my reaction be if I'm stood on the sideline and my friend's phone's pinging away? But yeah. There's a lesser than there, isn't there? What? Don't put your 4G on? Don't invite your missus to the game. Or leave your phone in aeroplane mode. How about don't go on Tinder if you're in a relationship? No? Yes, that is the key part of this story. To our listeners, <laughs> behave responsibly and ethically towards your partners. It was a good story, yes. Having to yeah. try and dump your missus halfway through a match, what the hell? He can't have touched the ball more than twice, though, so that's uh, probably why he had enough Because he had other things on his mind. Or other women. <laughs> that's so bad. 
Oh, so bad, I thought you'd appreciate that. But also that. so brilliant. I love it. <laughs> James, I fucking a, love that. It's both the rugby club and a hotbed <laughs> of dating scandal. Great feedback on the last couple of episodes. Although, I'll tell you what's interesting, right? I don't know whether many people noticed, but the picture that accompanied the release of last week's episode, only one person twigged. So shout out to Claire Ricks, who's uh, a big podcast fan. She clocked the picture of the flap machine. Nobody else had noticed. No, because Claire commented, I was like, Oh my God, it is a flap machine. Did you do that on purpose, Matt? Or was that just totally by coincidence? Well, it'd be a bit of a strange coincidence if I just randomly thought to put a picture of a particular piece of gym equipment on the artwork to a rugby podcast. Did you actually, though? Of course it was deliberate. It's a little joke. It would be more funny if you didn't. I didn't. (laughs) Well, there you go. There we go. Anyway, lots of good feedback. We're at 888 downloads. Oh, my days. As of today, which is pretty good going. That's crazy. So, yeah, world domination. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. You've got a classic Shez Says coming up in this episode as well. So, yeah, it's a bit of a treat for you there. I think it's very topical, given, Molly, your current situation, being a peg leg, that we talk about the rugby bus. We always talk about the rugby bus. But everybody's experience is different, what that involves. And also, not everyone calls it the rugby bus, actually, as well. For the millions of listeners, what do you mean when we talk about rugby bus? Well, I'm referring to the actual horrendous feeling the next day after a game. But I'm guessing some people might think they mean the bus on the way to the game, which is incorrect. Being run over by the rugby bus the next day. The feeling you get when you wake up on Monday morning after the game at the weekend. So, what's it like? (laughs) Fucking shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, playing on a Sunday sucks ass. Because it's alright for the men, they play on a Saturday, now they can wallow in their misery all Sunday and have their missus cook their Sunday lunches or just not move out of bed or whatever all day Sunday and then hobble to work on Monday. And we don't get that day of wallowing in misery. We have to get up and just get going. It's really difficult. It is a bit tough, actually, isn't it? What does a rugby bus typically involve? What goes down next? (laughs) A lot of pain. And not being able to move very much. An inspection of the wounds and all the bruises. Mine is when you go to bed at night, you've hydrated, you've had your pints, you've had some water, and then you roll over in the night forgetting that you've played rugby and you find a bruise on your knee. Then you try and lie on your other side. Oh, there's a bruise on my elbow. Then you move your head and realise you're probably a bit concussed. And then in the morning, you wake up about 5am because you've hydrated so much and you really need a wee, but you can't quite weigh up whether it's better to endure the pain of holding a wee in and not have to get out of bed or actually force yourself to get out of bed slowly and hobble down the stairs to go for a wee. And you you can't work out. So there's many a Monday morning where I've literally in severe pain in the bladder because I've held it in for three hours because I can't actually get myself out of my bed. So you're basically giving yourself cystitis because you can't be bothered to get out of bed. It's not can't be bothered. It's can't. That's the thing. It's how do I best position myself at the edge of my bed that's going to cause the least amount of pain to stand up and function. Yeah, It's the circumstance of least pain. And probably staying in bed with a full bladder was the situation of least pain. But it's when you find those bruises, isn't it? And you're like, oh, I didn't know I had a bruise there. 
oh, why is there a massive scratch on the inside of my groin? Oh, my toenails <laughs> fell off. And then you're putting your mascara on the morning and you've got a, a bit of a black eye, so you add a little bit of extra eyeshadow to make it look normal. And it's not great. I once had a bruise on my inner thigh where you could make out all eight studs and a back-to-front <laughs> Nike swoosh. God. The thing is, the bruises end up in the weirdest places. You're like, how on earth did I get a bruise? on the top of my left arse cheek or how come my fingernails black what's the weirdest bruise you've had then i've bruised the inside of my ear before that was really painful (laughs) (laughs) what how did someone give you a power poke to the ear Honestly, no, I think they actually stood on my head. What's a power poke? What? Have you never come across a power poke? It's what they do in the front row. It's where you make your finger super strong. I reckon the most annoying injury I ever had was somebody's trod on the end of my index finger. Oh, God, I wondered what you were going to say then. (laughs) I thought you were going to say testicle, penis. I've only had a testicle injury once. That was in training. with. Oh, Deb's grabbed it by mistake. Yeah, Deb's grabbed it when I was on a tackle bag. She's a dark horse. She properly got old and gave it a twist. (laughs) I had a stud right on the end of my index finger, which in itself doesn't sound too bad, but bear in mind I do an office job. So every time I try to type anything, (laughs) I just got a searing pain. So I had to start typing without using my index finger, which then threw out my touch typing completely. And I remember this really well because I was writing uh, an interview report about a candidate. The line I was trying to write was something like, the candidate may have a problem managing others, but I spelt it wrong. I spelt it as otters. <laughs> so the candidate has trouble managing otters. I just remember going to bed on a Sunday night and lying there after my home shower because obviously the rugby showers weren't that brilliant and I'd be lying there looking down at my legs going hmm not sure if I'm going to be able to walk tomorrow because there's a lot of purple injuries are position specific yes aren't they Molly what do you mean never playing prop again it's absolutely screwed me over there you go yeah well did the hooker hook for the ball into your shins no but be fair we were going backward (laughs) oh there was a very large scrum against us shall we say oh wow bad times when i've played different positions you get aches and pains in different places so i once played number eight and i basically had the world's most painful calves the next day to the point where i had to walk as if my ankle and my leg were fused together I sort of had to sort of wobble from side to side to get moving because I couldn't actually flex my ankle. Sounds like a shuffle. It was, basically. And then when I played second row, so I was playing on the right-hand side and basically my left arm was really badly bruised mm. afterwards. Crushed. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so anything that involved using my left arm was just, just not happening, basically. So I couldn't change gear in my car, so I basically went to work in first gear. I thought fly-offs didn't get injured. Well, I wasn't playing fly-off, I was playing second row. That's why I quit. <laughs> What, you quit second round? No, I quit rugby because I kept getting put out outside of position. I think they were trying to tell you something, Matt. Shut your face. He's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I, the rock, I, the river, I, the tree, I am yours. Your passages have been paid. Inch by inch, play by play. Till we're finished. The Greeks had Socrates, Romans had Cicero, the French Descartes, and this is the Shakespeare of grassroots women's rugby. This is where legends are made. Shez says. I don't even know how a podcast is.
Sherry, how was the Monday morning situation? It's now Wednesday and it's from the waist down, it's still a bit Monday-ish. Stairs were a bit of an issue. The stomach muscles, sitting up in bed is quite an issue. I was expecting to wake up with a washboard stomach, but it's not happened. I feel like I've got one, I just can't see it. <laughs> but I'm all right. <laughs> bit of bruising, but not too bad. Got out of it quite unscathed, really. My jaw's hurting, all the scrums. Yeah, jaw eating was an issue. Right. Did you tackle with your jaw? No, in the scrum. I get my head crushed. Mm. Ah. Scrum jaw. Good to see you back on the pitch, though, anyway. Good performance all round, I thought. Yeah, it was. They were a really good team, you know, considering they're a new team and that. And, yeah. And we don't lose often and done really well over the first few seasons. It was not an easy win. No, not at all, no. They, they want to the watch. The first half was actually quite tight, yeah, I thought, away. and it could have gone either way, really. Right until the end. It was only, was it six points in it? Yeah. With a bit of experience, some of their outside backs are going to be a real handful. They're just a bit naive at times, weren't they, new to the game, but if they get their hands on the ball early, they'll be causing trouble in some of the leagues with the less fit teams. But it was good. It just made me think of the time that you had a Thai massage. Oh, God, don't. Have you been back for one recently? I'm not going back for one ever. Oh, my God. So I'll tell you it from the beginning. So it was a particularly bad game of rugby. It was severe. Woke up on the Monday, been run over severely by the rugby bus. It was serious. Literally couldn't move. I'd heard some people, my friends, read, oh, we've had a time massage. You're really good. Do all your muscles. And, all. and I thought, you know what? I'm going to have one of those. I rang up, booked it in. Two ladies called Pim and Pam. It was in crew. So it was 50 quid, and I was thinking, this is quite expensive, but you know what, it's worth it, because all these people keep telling me how good it is. It's awesome. Walk in, these two little ladies, they're about four foot each, and I was like, oh, well, great. I'm already here now, I've got to have it done. That's 50 quid, I might as well just set fire to the money. And clearly, what can they possibly do to someone of my size, five foot ten, huge compared to them? That's it, 50 quid wasted, but I'm here now. I was supposed to have one of them, but they told me, you are very lucky, lady. We have cancellation today. You have both. You're very lucky. So I was thinking, well, it's not too bad. If I've got two of them, at least I'm maybe getting my money's worth. And that's where the story ends. I was karate chopped with an inch of my life. They did this thing to my head, like what Wurzel Gummidge does. It went all the way round. It went crack. <laughs> I cried. I literally came out of there crying. I couldn't walk for about three weeks. And they advised me I was very tight, very tense and tight, my muscles, and probably best I come back every week after this. I've never been anywhere near the place again. <coughs> At one point, I had one on her knees, but holding her feet up behind her, so her feet were up to her bum. She was walking up and down on her kneecaps on my calves while the other one was running across the room and karate chopping me in the back. And I'd like to point out that all I had on was a pair of pants. <laughs> it was not pretty. And I'd like to say, you know that saying, never judge a book by its cover? Yeah, that. Don't think because they're three stone and four foot, they are not going to fuck you up. Because believe me, it was torture. I have never been in so much pain in my life. Every part of me hurt. I felt like I'd been put through a mangle, run over and reversed <laughs> back over. I limped up the road crying. Got my arms and bent my arms so far behind my back. I felt like, you know that one out of Mr. Man with the long arms? Mr. Tickle. That, my arms could have gone round me about six <laughs> times. Mr. Tickle. So I'm there, completely violated, in just pants, 
<laughs> it was not good. But she started to give me this head massage and I thought, oh God, they've gone a bit gentle now. Because I made the mistake in the beginning, actually, I've missed a bit. I made the mistake of saying to them, I want you to be really rough. I don't want none of this bloody golfing <laughs> music and all this soft massaging. I needed to be proper chopped. Some, some incense. Yeah, maybe not have said that. They went all out. It was severe. I'm mentally scarred now. I'm surprised I didn't have to have counselling. I don't think I even played the week after because I still couldn't walk. I paid 50 <laughs> quid for that. <laughs> 50 quid, that shit kicked out of you. I love it. Oh, my God. My arms, my legs, my head, no part. There's only my eyeballs was the only thing that didn't hurt. So, yeah, if you want to be really fucked up, go and book a Thai massage. I seem to remember afterwards, Sherry, you said that I should go for no, one. No, I, I suggested for the Christmas do, with it, you being the coach, that we all chipped in and bought you one, but nobody was game. I didn't want you to know about it. I wanted you to rock up thinking, oh, what a nice relaxing afternoon I'm going to have. And then I wanted to film it, obviously. <laughs> it never came about, but there's still time. Oh, it's horrible. Horrible. I think we should do that. If we get 10,000 downloads, Louise and I go what? for a Thai massage. No, you can go for a Thai massage. Why can't you go too? You need one. A bit out tight. No, I'm, I'm fine. You go for one, Matt, and if you can still walk a couple of days later, Luke can go. Believe me, you won't be. You've got to film me coming out. If I was you, take a shot of morphine before you go in. I've still got some morphine left. I was saving it for a cocktail one night. What? But from when I had my <laughs> knee operation. What kind of a cocktail party is that? You're going to mix it with some Barocca? That sounds very dangerous. Amaretto, cranberry and morphine. I thought that'd be a great combo. What, have you wanted a good sleep for about three weeks? It's not like talking a date rape jug. Jesus. That's like reverse row hypno. Good night's sleep guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. a fortnight. Good night's sleep for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You woke up and you've lost a month. Grassroots News with Lou. I was only really going to talk about one result tonight. First of all, I've seen a post on Facebook from North Bristol Ladies, and they were basically saying it's a huge milestone for them. They started four years ago with 17 players, and they had a couple of games at Turner Side, and now they've got over 50 registered players on the books and they for the first time they've put two sides out and that was this weekend just gone and that was the first time ever so I think that's a really really good story and they were really looking forward to playing North Petherton and that was last Sunday turns out they won 52-15 so I'm really really pleased for them it's just really good news to see grassroots sides come from pretty much nothing and now they've got two teams great they're definitely on point with their social media as well they've got some really good pictures and insta stuff and yeah it looks like a really good club so great news well done and the second thing for me is maidenhead rugby club they're looking for players from berkshire particularly front row forwards to join their women's team don't do it they say traveling expenses are taken care of and training is on thursday evenings and expert coaches are there it's a fun team so if you're a forward and you're in that area contact maidensironmaidens at gmail.com for more information i'm thinking maybe i'll put my name forward 
I am a forward. I am a front row player. I could, I'm free on Thursdays, but just so you know, I may actually just walk from one scrum to the other. What do you mean, may? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, okay. If you're interested, drop me a line. But anyway, if anybody else is interested, get in touch with Maidenhead Rugby Club. Interesting what they're going to do with this travel expenses offer, though, when nobody's got any petrol in the entire country. <laughs> this is a bit of a problem. I don't want to talk about petrol. If you're a front way forward and you have an electric car or you live within walking distance of Maidenhead. You've got an electric car and you haven't just had your electricity supplier uh, go bust. Get in touch. Emma, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I understand you're from Sleaford Ladies over in Lincolnshire. Is that right? It is, yes. Yeah, Sleaford Rugby Club. Thank you so much for joining us on the recording today. So Emma, I guess as a starting point, why don't you tell us a little bit about your club? We're based over just on the outskirts of Sleaford in Lincolnshire, south of Lincolnshire. As a club, we started in 1978. It was formed. We've got a couple of senior men's teams. Obviously, we've got a ladies team, which... um, is obviously the best. We have a really nice growing girls section and we've got obviously a really popular mini and junior section as well, which is great. So it's a really lovely club, actually, really nice family orientated club. So where are you at in your development as a team then, as as the ladies section? Well, to be fair, we've kind of been through a bit of a a rough patch, actually. Obviously, with COVID and everything, it's just kind of had a massive impact anyway. We've kind of almost gone back to being a very new team. We've unfortunately lost a few players with people moving, going off to uni, and we've had a new coach who started, bless him, just at the beginning of when we went into COVID. So he's obviously had loads to deal with, and we've had a few sort of shuffle rounds and bits and pieces. So yeah, it's been a little bit of a turbulent time for us as a team. We've kind of come to a point now where we've got loads of new people starting, an inner warrior camp this Thursday actually which we've got eight ladies already signed up for which is really positive so we've kind of had to go back to basics quite a lot and almost start from fresh but we are actually in the I think it's the national challenge two league at level five so we're kind of the, the step up from the newly formed inner warrior series but we're kind of on the cusp of the sort of top end of the inner warrior but the bottom end of the level sort of thing so we're starting very much from scratch I think a lot of ladies seem to go through that cycle, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was talking to one of our other local clubs on Sunday. He was saying it's very much a roller coaster, and you just have these phases of development where you'll sort of go through and one minute you're sort of riding the upwards curve and you're doing really well and then all of a sudden things will change. So it's just, yeah, part and parcel of, of, I suppose, grassroots rugby, really. I wish I could give you some bright ideas to fix it. And the reality is I can't, except that it's a really good idea if there is anything in the local area to have good relationships with local teams. I think that can really help. My experience is that whenever you're up, you have to enjoy the moment because you'll be down again the following year. When you're down, that's when you need to have good relationships to share players, facilities, coaches, everything, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're very lucky because I think the nature of obviously the level that we're at, but I think actually, to be fair, this is pretty much standard within female rugby anyway. How would you describe your team then in terms of how you play, how you interact with each other, your culture, if you like? Although we've sort of made a few changes in the bits and pieces, one of the things that we've always prided ourselves on is the fact that we are one of the friendliest teams within the league and everybody sort of says that whenever anybody comes to us it's always a really good giggle and we're always really welcoming and we get on really well with everybody on and off the pitch as well and that's something that I think is pretty synonymous with our club in general yeah that it's a really key part of what Sleaford Rugby Club is about is that family orientated friendliness not taking away from the aspirations obviously to play a really good game of rugby and to develop players and to give them that pathway but it's a critical part of what the club is about yeah we deal with all the good times and the bad times together who's your biggest rival then that's a really difficult one because 
I suppose in a way, Boston, probably, there's always been a little bit of a challenge with them. A few of our players have sort of moved over there as they've developed and, and got stronger in bits and pieces. And there's always been a little bit more rivalry with them, I think, than Lincoln for some reason. I don't really understand the historic <laughs> reference to it. But yeah, it always seems to be a little bit more of a grudge match between them. And funnily enough, actually, we've got what we call a Boston sandwich of our league. So our first match and last match are against them this season. So with Boston then, who's winning the rivalry then? They're definitely up. They've got some absolutely amazing players. One girl in particular uh, recently was signed for Harlequins. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and she's recently just played for Litchfield as part of the, the new Tigers setup. You know, they've got some absolutely amazing players. That doesn't sound very grassroots, that, Emma. That sounds like strength and conditioning, diet plans, yeah. you know, special track suits. <laughs> they've got kit bags with their initials on and all that no, sort no, of no, stuff. No, 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 no. I've seen them in the bar afterwards. They're definitely grassroots. <laughs> they're in that phase where they're up. If that makes sense, they, they've gone on that curve and they've made it to the top now. So if you're listening, Boston, you're going to go down fairly soon. So enjoy it whilst you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. That wasn't no. me. Please don't take it out on me on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, we play right. on the 10th. <laughs> what about yourself, Emma, then? What's your rugby journey? Uh, well, to be fair, I'm fairly new to it. I'm definitely not in my prime. I'm 39 this year. I joined a couple of years ago. I thought it's definitely in your prime. I wouldn't go that far. I wish. But to be honest, uh, like I say, I started a couple of years ago and it was very much for me about a mental health journey. I was in a really bad place mentally at the time. I was not long had my daughter struggling sort of after that, not necessarily with postnatal depression, but just the whole point of being isolated and bits and pieces. And yeah, I was very, very lucky that a friend of mine from school was the captain at the time and sort of encouraged me to go down. Um and literally, it was the best thing I've ever done. I used to play rugby when I was a kid. Uh, fortunately, I was very much of the um, era where there wasn't much of a player pathway once you'd sort of got to the age of 11 and you couldn't really sort of play with the boys anymore. It was very much a case of, OK, well, see you later. That was when I sort of stopped. We're a rugby family. And so for me now to be able to actually get in and, and play the sport is just like a dream come true, to be honest. I love it. Interesting you mentioned mental health. That's something that we talk a lot of, about. And it can be very challenging to go into an environment where it's quite full on, isn't it? When you're in a difficult place, whether it be through work or family or whatever, going into an environment where you get the piss taken out of you a lot can, Basically, be, yeah. can be very good. Um, but it can also be tough, can't it? How did you find that? Well, for me, I mean, I'm quite a sort of sarcastic, dry sense of humour person anyway, and I've never really taken myself very seriously. So I was in the right place, I think, to be able to go into that situation and just be myself. And I think that was one of the loveliest things for me was I could literally be myself. I wasn't a mum. I wasn't somebody that worked. It, it was my thing. And that is such a critical point for me. And I think actually for a lot of mums these days, it's a really important thing to have that thing for yourself, just so that you can do something for you. Mentally, it's it's so, so important um, because we've got quite a few mums that, that play with us, you know, we're sort of in that situation. So it is really, really important. I think some people struggle with it more than others. And you find that you get some that are a bit quieter when they come in. But the nice thing about our team very much is that you've got different personalities that will gel with other people if that makes sense so you've got some that are a little bit quieter you've got some that are a little bit more out there and a bit more sort of in your face and things like that so you can always find somebody that's on the same sort of wavelength you know we I talk about a lot agree. a lot about sort of having rugby wives so within the team and you do kind of sort of get a bit paired up really it's a lovely support network I absolutely agree I think one of the big th- learnings that I had as a coach and running what became quite a large squad was that 
it's okay to not do everything together. When you first start, it's almost cult-like, and everyone's oh, so devoted to it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's so passionate about what you're trying to achieve, and you go on that real journey together. And for the first couple of seasons, that's great. And then you hit a point where it's a bit much to ask everybody to to wear a particular colour on much match day. And it's a bit much to expect everybody to go out until three AM on a on a social. And it's okay for people to pair off and go to the cinema together and go and walk dogs and do things that don't involve downing pints and you know being sick in bushes. Absolutely. And we have that, you know, with I, I wouldn't like to call them clicks because they're not clicks at all because anybody can kind of move between them. So some of the team are really sort of sporty and really into running and they'll do events. I mean a couple of our teammates did the Great North Run this weekend just come uh, a few of us did a, a local park run just to do a bit of advertising for the club not everybody had to go there was no pressure for everybody to attend if it's your thing brilliant if it's not don't worry about it kind of things and it's quite a nice sort of dynamic that way the next episode that we release um, hopefully this week will involve some other amusing conversations about parenthood and being a rugby player yes it's a real challenge isn't it there's lots of things going on there isn't there there's the physical side of things because obviously when you you know when you have children particularly as a woman that can affect body image your <laughs> fitness all kinds of things can't yeah. it yeah the ability to run on the pitch without wetting yourself <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Our, 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 yeah, our captain Katie's listening. I'm sure there'll be some funny stories about that in the future. Oh, it's For this way, we don't lift her in the line out anymore. We had very, very co- big conversation about this, and apparently, one of the major retailers has just start, started stocking period pants, and we've decided that actually we're going to start using them for the team for tackles because. So if you go into a tackle and you get tackled or something and somebody tackles you a bit hard, then it's just like, oh, there we go. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. New shorts, please. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like in those days when you hope that it's raining really, really hard so nobody can tell the difference. So, yeah, it's it's not the easiest thing, I have to say. And obviously, being of a certain age, having had two small children, that's something that I deal with quite regularly. But parenthood from a physical perspective is is a challenge because obviously like you say body image but it's not just actually parenthood we suffer with it right the way through even with our girls you know who were sort of 15 16 17 18 it's horrendous absolutely horrendous I'm a team manager for the girls as well we're just about to do a bit of a sort of mental health positivity thing which we're going to invite everybody down both the girls and ladies to really look at how we can help each other deal with that from a confidence perspective because there's just nothing worse than these girls and these ladies sort of sitting there going oh I'm fat I'm this I'm that it doesn't matter and rugby is such an inclusive sport it doesn't matter what shape size fitness ability age you know you'll find your place and that's what makes it so special what's so frustrating is if you look at the men's game and I'll include myself in this I'm the wrong side of a sensible weight these days and you know I'll put it I'll put the 10 shirt on well, usually, you know, the replacement tennis shirt. Yeah. Uh, I look in the mirror and I think, yeah, look, look good. You know, and I really don't look good. It's only when I see pictures or videos that somebody else has posted that I just think, yeah, why is there, is there a prop playing 10? Yeah. <laughs> I like your saying of I'm the, the wrong side of weight because that's kind of where I would be as well. I am a prop. That's my destiny in life is I am a prop. And frankly, none of the shirts look good. We're really lucky actually that our kit provider we're doing a, a deal with, they've just released a load of ladies fit shirts, which for me is a massive, massive bonus because the, the men's shirts, they don't have any hips. And obviously, if you are a little bit voluptuous, it's fine until you're running around and then all of a sudden you're wearing a crop top. It's just ridiculous. It's bad, actually. Yeah. Out of interest, who is that supplier? It's Halbro. They were Raging Bull. Oh, were they? They paid a license fee to Raging Bull. 
Okay, that's um, uh, Phil Vickery's company, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but Halbro have always made the clothing. They've just utilised the branding, but they've decided to go it alone. They're being rebellious. I think it's something that we don't talk about enough in the women's game. No. To, I don't know whether you've been listening to previous podcast episodes. You know, we had a bit of a joke about it in the first episode. Talking to the senior players in our squad, they feel a sense of responsibility to try and help the younger players with their own body image, but whilst also having challenges themselves with that we need to be more open about it and more and more accepting of people but also helping them because it is very difficult when you have a shirt that doesn't fit it's very difficult when you feel like you can't run the way you'd like to and so on and actually helping people with their fitness helping people choosing the right clothes the right boots is massive and i think we just accept that it's sort of something you just guys just have to be comfortable with and actually that shouldn't be the case. No, you just have to sort of fit in because it's part of the male-dominated sport, whereas actually now I think there is more emphasis on kit providers in general. I mean, I know that one of our team members, bless her, who she loves to complain, she's like the queen of complaining. She actually has sent various emails to sort of high street kit providers to sort of say, you know, come on, we need to get some more ladies rugby boots in stock because they don't stop. There's nothing there that's sort of orientated towards the ladies game at all. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the plans for the season then? What have you what have you got that you're looking forward to or what are the aims for the team? Unfortunately, we were supposed to be having a bit of a friendly away this weekend, but sadly the coach has got COVID, bless him. We're not going to be able to make that, which is a bit of a shame. But really our aim for the season is we're set on a journey. We're very much at the start of that journey and realistic that, you know, if we go into a match and we come out with a loss, but actually we've managed to put in some of the phase plays that we've been trying to sort of develop and, you know, improving just our basic core skills of tackling at the right height, getting ourselves into the right positions and that sort of stuff that actually will come out of that being really positive. And ultimately, you know, we would like by the end of the season to see some serious progress in terms of the numbers that we've got coming to training. Also, you know, in terms of the score sheets as well. It's a journey and we're very much aware of that. We would like to sort of see some some serious progress as the year goes on. So is the shower etiquette decent over at your club then? Is everyone pretty well organised? No, it's quite funny to be fair because I, I was listening to it and I was thinking, yep, yeah, that's that person and yep, yeah, that's that person. I'm old school and I was very much on the page. I can't remember the lady's name that was talking about it. I'm, if I have a shower, I have a shower. I've had two kids. I've had all God and sundry looking up my chuff at some point in time. If I'm going to have a shower, I'm going to get clean. But then it's like the baby wipes. No, just get in there and get it washed for God's sake. But that is a big problem, I think, with the body image side of things is people are so conscious of how other people would judge them. And actually, there isn't any judgment. You're normally you know? too damn cold to judge anybody, aren't you? It's like you're cold, you're filthy. The last thing you've got on your mind is what anybody else looks, unless you're Jodie, who's just on the lookout for tits all day. Even as a straight person, I'm looking at the boobs because I'm going, oh, Jesus, yours are much perter than mine. (laughs) What's that all about? But you do. For you. Yeah. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And and way too much drinking probably over the course of time. It is very much that body image. It upsets me at times because I just think, you know, you just got to embrace who you are and just be confident in yourself. And at the end of the day, you've only got one version of you. You just have to love it. You are you and there's only one of you. So make the most of it kind of thing. It's the so, only one you've got. It's the only one you're ever going to have, isn't it? Yeah, you might be able to make it a bit thinner and a bit stronger and a bit this that and the other but at the end of the day it's not going to change that much we need to start a grassroots women's rugby podcast campaign absolutely to, to bring proper showering into the game yeah i 100%. probably shouldn't lead this because as a male it could start to sound a little <laughs> bit creepy and louise definitely shouldn't because you know no, there's been a few if, accusations from last time that she's a little bit too interested in that, a little but, bit too interested in the right boobs, yeah but... jody's needs to shower somewhere else in another field somewhere with sherry <laughs> 
<laughs> everybody else, come on, get, yeah. get in the shower, get clean. Don't just, worry about it. Just do what you need to do and then exactly. just get in the bar afterwards. And just, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely love chatting to you today. It's been brilliant. I really enjoyed the conversation. Somebody that's listening to this thinking, oh, you know what? It sounds so much fun. I really want to have a go. What do you want to say to them right now? The hardest thing is that first step. And that biggest barrier that you have to overcome is, you know, whether you go by car or by bus or whatever, taking that first step out into the, the rugby pit is the hardest thing. Once you've done that, the rest is a piece of cake because Absolutely. you know it doesn't matter which club you go to, you will be welcomed in, I can guarantee it, with open arms and you will immediately become part of a family. You will never look back. This is Molly's Grassroots Salute. So to be fair, I stole my content, but I did see this actually on the Women's Rugby Network. I love reading all the stories on here and uh, Lou reminded me about this one. Yeah, I actually really love looking and reading all the stories on the Women's Rugby Network. Can we have more bants, say? There's a lot of serious stuff. Enough of this sort of girl power shout outs. I want to hear about doing silly things. The post says, 2016, I was told not long after my daughter's first match, three things. You'll never have 50 girls training at Wrexham. Hannah, who I'm guessing is this guy's daughter. Hannah will not be able to play for Wrexham after she turns 12 and will have to go across border to get a game. And then Wrexham will never have a women's team. And basically, they now have a fantastic women's team. They started in 2018 they are based at Wrexham with the Valkyries yeah excuse my illiteracy and they've posted an amazing photograph of them as the first women's rugby team at Wrexham for over 20 years and on first look there's about 23 24 of them which I just think is fantastic it just shows that no matter what anybody tells you if you've got the right people in place you've got the passion you've got the facilities and you've got the support of everybody you can always start a women's team. If you think when we started, we started with what, about 10 of us? And it's really depressing when you go turn up to training, it's raining and you've got four people, but you just have to keep persevering, keep building the foundations, get yourself out there, recruit, etc. And actually, whoever these idiots are that told them that they can't have a a women's team, you'll never have 50 girls training at Wrexham and that Hannah will never get to play rugby after she turns 12 at the club. What a load of crap. In your face. Yeah, right back at you. It'd be really cool if we could actually try and speak to Hannah. That would be really cool. Can we do a hashtag to Wrexham Rugby Club? Hashtag Hannah. Who's Hannah? If they want to speak to us, that would be dead nice. That would be good. Interesting you picked that one out, Molly, actually, because I've seen a number of posts recently from people on different social media platforms asking for advice about how to grow a team, lamenting the fact that they haven't got enough players, all this sort of stuff. It's not an easy task is it growing a rugby team from scratch if we were to give one piece of advice each to people listening that are in that predicament what would you say i think perseverance and positivity that's two things was technically one in my eyes i said it quick perseverance and positivity you've got to keep going with the drive keep the training regular even if you've only got three one week and you've got 10 the next it's about making it regular so that everyone knows oh wednesday's rugby training trying to vary it a little bit and persevere to get as many different people in as you can to keep the coaching fresh and things like that and if something doesn't work just keep it going for a couple of weeks to really get the impact of it and then positivity you've just got to stay positive that if you believe that you're going to get this women's team or girls team or whatever you've just got to keep that positive attitude from the players the coaches and anyone who's involved 
that this is the right thing and we will get there. And it definitely pays off in the end. Absolutely. Keep chatting about it. The more people you tell, the more people you reach and the more people they'll tell about it. And then eventually people will come. If you keep committed, these odd few people will keep coming. And before you know it, like North Bristol and like Wrexham, you'll have a really massive team or you have two teams in the end. Yeah, like Molly said, stay positive, keep chatting, keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I would add to that is vision is saying, right, I want to start a women's team. What do I want that women's team to look like in three years? Not what it's going to look like next training session, but in three years or whatever the time frame is, because that keeps you grounded and it keeps your perspective sound. Because if you look at most women's teams, apart from the very lucky ones that are right next door to a to a university or are in a really good catchment area for other clubs where there's spillover, so teams get really big, really successful, and players end up struggling for game time and stuff. The vast majority of clubs are going to have a real struggle to try and get the numbers they need to form a full team. But by saying, right, in three years, we want to have 20 players then you know that what that looks like is eight or nine players a year based on the fact that there's going to be a few that fall by the wayside as well, which you think about it, trying to find eight players in year one is pretty easy. You can do that really simply. You can do that by... Dragging your best mate along. Yeah, completely. Dragging your mate along, going up to people in the in a bar you meet saying, come down. We used to say, next week is bring your mate along yeah yeah absolutely and, and we're doing pizza after the training yeah absolutely you know? talk to local schools and colleges and things like that don't set your sights on playing league rugby in year one it won't happen if it does great brilliant well done but it won't happen probably for most people year three now that's when you start talking but if you can get to nine after year one and then five or six the following year you've got 15 all of a sudden for year three you're in business aren't you so that's really hard to do because it will feel like you're failing sometimes but if you keep on task you'll get there you think yeah i'm going to start a women's team and we want to play matches immediately and it's really frustrating that you can't but it does come eventually and there are things you can do whilst you're building up to being able to play in a league and stuff like that definitely i found players in the oddest of places sometimes i'd be in Morrison's with me shopping trolley. Or dogging. That's Sherry. That's not my bag. Oh, no, that's Sherry, yeah. So I'll be in Morrison's and I'll see somebody with like a uni hoodie on who looks quite sporty. And I'll be like, oh, she's very tall. She'd be good at second row. I know this is a bit weird, but gone up to them and say, you don't fancy playing rugby, do you? And there's at least a couple of people that, well, they didn't last, but they came down for a couple of sessions. And I think you find rugby players in the oddest of places. They're not your normal breed of humans, are they? No. So what we're saying is if you're in Morrison's, Aldi, sometimes Sainsbury's, Waitrose, probably only once a year. Uh, just watch out for Molly. Uh, if she approaches you, proceed to talk with caution. <laughs> <laughs> well, they won't be able to run away from me at the moment. So they won't have to move quick because I'll be there waving my crutch. Excuse me, you'd be a really good prop. Please don't make me play there again. Sounds like you're a brilliant advert for the game right now, Molly. Yeah. He's being hunted down by a pack of three, running towards the touchline, shuffled into the touch. Not entirely sure. This is Fantasy 15. So Molly, given your lack of prep, you promised me that you come up with a category. Yeah, no, I've come up with two, but I don't think you're going to like them because it's not Henry VIII or historical characters. (laughs) Do you know what? So one of our listeners suggested doing... Horrible histories. I'll go with your suggestions. They've clearly been well thought through. 
Well, they have, because this is more up my street. But So let me finish before you jump in and say the shit. So two <laughs> categories we've got. Where's Jodie when I need her? So we've got fictional characters. So I'm thinking fairy tale characters because I'm a nice. bit like that. They don't have to be fairy tale. They can be any fictional characters. Obviously, they've got to be women. Or the other one was superheroes. Oh, superheroes. Obviously, we're going to run out of positions in a couple of weeks doing an entire 15 of superheroes for another series. So let's do fictional characters. All right, oh, I'm not sure I know any, many of any of those. I have to do some research. So I'm going to go with, I tell you, I've got one straight off the bat for centre from Disney's Brave, Merida. Yes, that is a very good shout. See, my ideas aren't always crap, apart from Louise doesn't know any. <laughs> no, I don't know. Who's that? Sorry, I'm just not a Disney. It doesn't have to be Disney. So I reckon this is a great sense of partnership, right? Merida at 12 and then Buffy the Vampire Slayer at 13. Nice. <laughs> well, I was going to go with Hermione Granger because I thought she'd be absolutely sick. She has got the sass, hasn't she? Yeah, I reckon she'd be really good, 13. She would actually because she's probably got a bit of pace, a bit gusket-like, isn't she, in her sort of ability to evade contact. She's got a few spells up her sleeve if things get a bit tasty. Miss Trunchable out of Matilda. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. She'd be like a wrecking ball. Bloody hell, you wouldn't want to go against her, would you? That's a good shout at 12. She would maybe perhaps not have the pace she'd need, though. I don't know. I think she might be a static 12. (laughs) She'd keep on going. Because no one would take her down. She's quite sporty, though, isn't she, Miss? Isn't Miss Transport? Isn't she like into shop putting? She, she did shop puts. Yeah, yeah, she's strong as. I like that as a crash 12. It'd be definitely a crash. It'd be definitely crash. <laughs> Boom. Oh, I like that. That's a great shout. Right, and who is the other one? Then you've got Matt. Hermione Granger outside. So, Trunchbull at 12. I think that's nailed on that one. Yeah. 13. So, my sister was Merida from Brave because she's a bit feisty. She's got a um, bit of a fight about her, hasn't she? Might be a bit on the small side, though, perhaps. I don't know. Katniss Everdeen is a very good shout out at the Hunger Games as well. Yes. She'd be amazing. But I think she might get pissed off with Miss Trunchbull going a bit slow. I think with Trunchbull, you maybe want her in certain conditions, wouldn't you? So you'd want her on those horrible wet days when you're playing Lee, yeah, on the Isle of Man or something. To be fair, could have done with her on, on Sunday. I reckon she'd have been cracking. I'd have just hid behind her. How about this one? Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones. I haven't seen Game of Thrones because it's too incest. Ugh. I think it's only a little bit of incest, isn't it? I suppose a little bit's too much. I mean, I'm not sure any amount of incest is okay, but Matt, if you're okaying a little <laughs> bit of incest, that's fine. <laughs> Jesus. Let me go on a percentage. <laughs> so we've talked about drugs yeah. and incest. What an educational show we are. Who was our front row again? We got Dawn French, Anna Richardson, Gemma Collins, Patsy yes. Adina. Yeah. Then we've got Nicola Adams, Victoria Pendleton, and Serena Williams. Jesus, I wouldn't want to line up against these. No, not at all. Who did we go for? Who was nine again? Ten was Lizzo, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Did we nine. have Sporty Spice? Yes. Yes. Well done, well Reed. Done, well done, Reed. Sporty Spice and Lizzo, nine and ten. Now we've got Miss Trunchbull. <laughs> and- Thirteen at thirteen. That's impressive. I think Lou, actually, your job is, is to think of the category for the wingers. Okay. Yeah, as soon as you fell miserably at contributing anything to yeah, the section. Yeah, because um, wingers is really my area of expertise. You've got to come up with a category. Yeah, but Lou, you can anything. pick something ancient now. You could do ancient Greek philosophers. Well, she threatened to bring her ridiculous walking stick to me today. 
<laughs> that walking s- stick has seen me through some bad times. Did you get it from a charity you. shop? Car boot sale. Oh god! How much did you pay for said stick? Fifty p. Fifty pence. Yeah, this bargain actually. As I was hobbling around, I thought, oh, "Bloody hell! Look, there's a walking stick there. Oh my god, I need it." So I haggled him down from a quid to fifty p. Special treat. <laughs> Stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref. We turned up and there were some new rules at the time, weren't there? And everybody was quite hot on the rules. We always had to have a bit of a chat with the ref at the beginning. When is the ball out, sir? And what are the new rules? And actually, when we asked him that question, I think he actually crumbled. He literally walked off and said, oh, don't ask me about the new rules. And he went and stood in the hedge for the next 20 minutes. Is this the one with the ridiculous hair? Yeah. With the blonde hair? Yeah, he had really long blonde hair. He basically looked like he'd spent the last six months in his parents' basement playing video games. Well, he probably had because he didn't know the bloody rules, did he? No. To be fair, he had a tough crowd. Our team on that day had two qualified refs, at least three level two coaches. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd literally rocked out of his mum's basement. He he had. Womb. Yeah, so the actual... So, so, so the actual ref on the day uh, clearly called in sick and said, look, mate, do us a favour. I've had a few. I'm not feeling up to it. Can you referee this Yeah, and we were me? right in his face saying, when's the ball out and what's the new rules? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and he's exactly. like, huh. I reckon the ref society said, listen, mate, if you go and do this uh, game for us, we'll give you a, a voucher for game so you can go and get the latest Sonic release for your <laughs> Sega Mega Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he wearing trainers as well? I seem to remember he was wearing trainers. He didn't even have any boots on. Bless him. I know they volunteer refs, but my God, he was piss poor. He was dangerous, yeah. actually. He wasn't just piss poor. He was dangerous. He is, though. You just literally said, sir, the ball's out. Okay, sure. Crack on. I think we basically refed our own match that match. The bit that was the most comical, though, was after the huddle and the checking of the studs and this sort of incident where we were asking him questions that he didn't know the answer to, it was probably 10 minutes till kickoff after that. And I went to go and find the ref, and he was just stood in a bush. Actually, in a bush. He went and stood in the hedge, facing the hedge away from us. But just stood there. It was the weirdest thing. That was an actual stupid ref. So most referees, you're absolutely right, Molly. I feel bad dissing refs because they do a, a thankless and difficult job, and they get a lot of stick for coming out and giving up their time to make these games happen in the first place. But that was a real shocker, that one. Yeah, there's only so much you can take, isn't there, before you're like, actually pass me the whistle, mate. I'll do it. (laughs) I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you go back to playing Crash Bandicoot, pass me the whistle and piss off. Takes one to the face. Catches first, preferably, and then the drive. Full in the face. Look at this. Very definition of taking one for the team. Oh, my God. That is extraordinary. But the kick lands on the head and offside is accidental. This is Every Team's Got One. Every Team's Got a Fun Runner. Right, I need to caveat this, okay, because running is good, okay, and it's really great that players give themselves challenges, go to park runs, keep themselves fit, raise money for charity, all this sort of thing. But nothing creates rage in a coach more than a player who says they can't play on Sunday 
because they're doing a 5k if you're going to do a fucking fun run do it in june don't do it in september (laughs) i can't come to training tonight because i've got a 10k on saturday exactly and i don't want to injure myself exactly and this can go on all season i tell you what, if you'd have come to bloody training, you'd have done probably 15k if you'd have put your heart into exactly. it. I've had players that have come up to me at half time saying, I need to come off because my calves are really tight because I ran a 10k before the match. Seriously? The thing is though, we don't like running as a collection, do we? Let's no. face it. And no. I've tried this thing, uh, running. We've tried to do running. And it's just so frigging boring. I know. <laughs> and what I don't understand is the kick you get out of a rugby game, you don't get the same out of a bloody fun run. I think I'd be running along and after 1K, I'd be like, fuck this, I'm bored. And I just decide to go and hand off a few people or tackle <laughs> them along the way. Excuse me, so- coming through. <laughs> It's not much fun. Yeah, I don't know what's fun about a fun run. I reckon if somebody let five hungry bears out of a zoo and said that the bears could have only got 9.99k in them <laughs> to run 10k to survive, I'd just accept my fate. <laughs> what, eaten? I'd just cover myself in barbecue sauce and deal with it. You know, Go out e- with Even then, yeah. Or at the very least, I'd try and outrun you fuckers. <laughs> I just make sure I kept ahead of you guys, and then hopefully I'd make it to the end. I can't run, Matt. So you're looking like the prime oh my contestant. God. For once, I'm not the last one. It'll be me. I'll be uh, coming up the rear, as they say. Oh, whoa! That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. That. That's an after dark podcast. That one. <laughs> yeah the other thing though it's not just necessarily a fun run what other excuses do people do that they can't play rugby anything that should be summer sport that people are getting out of for me cricket right oh my god overlap of cricket and rugby season we used to get loads of people (coughs) chrissy but i remember that her dad had a cricket team and bless her she was stuck between the barrage of matt saying why are you playing cricket in september it's rugby season and her dad saying christine it's time for you to play cricket because I'm your dad. And he was just felt really sorry for her. But the sports do overlap sometimes. So you can never play hockey and rugby half the pick, but you could potentially do athletics and rugby or cricket and rugby. And it's quite tough when the seasons start to overlap. I do have some sympathy for, for some sports that are very weather dependent. So cricket being an example of that. I mean, this summer, the clubs would have lost game after game to weather and you have to catch up with the season in september and even october sometimes but there's got for me be a cutoff point the other one again to touch rugby is a great sport i love touch rugby i love playing touch i've got a lot of time for touch and i think the people that play touch often become very good contact rugby players as well the two sports should definitely play hand in hand but when you've got a very strong back line that have gained a lot from touch that are all of a sudden not available so they've got to go to some tournament in Norfolk on a Sunday at the end of October to compete with a load of other touch freaks for a piece of plastic that they call a trophy when they could be playing league rugby. That gets my goat in a big way. So I guess every team's got that one player or sometimes two players that prioritises other sports over rugby. And it's uh, not okay. It's not okay. I do get it because having played team sports myself, I know what it's like when you've got that finish off the season and you've got that league game on a, on a Sunday or whatever for another team and so on. But for me, there's got to be a cutoff point, both from the sports, not from the players. The players will do what they're told to some degree. But come on, the rugby season starts end of September and it runs till you know end of March or whatever. I wouldn't want to see 
players turning down important cricket matches to play rugby when there's loads of you know games at the end of the season any more than I want to lose players to a fucking touch tournament on the Isle of Man or something it's a, tough, it's a tough call isn't it because if you're a sporty person and you want to be involved in lots of sports at some point you're going to have to let one of them down yeah at some point for every sport it's going to be a bit frustrating mm. I'm confident though right that if you really wanted to run a 10k every week you could yeah. find one between the last week in April and the first week in September there'll be one somewhere why are you still fucking fun running in December there's nothing fun about running in December there's nothing fun about running running unless the start of the run was at the top of a hill and the end of the run was at the bottom of the hill and at the bottom of the hill there was also I don't know a massive bar or something yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's nothing fun about it so stop doing these stupid fucking challenges and play rugby well any players that do the fun run Matt's not a fan is the grassroots spanking of the week. These are the teams that got their bottoms handed to them in the league. Firewood Waterloo Ladies, nil. Harrogate Ladies, 79. Thurrock Ladies, 76. Supermarine Ladies, 3. Hitchin Ladies, 60. West Bridgeford Ladies, 8. Teddington Antlers Ladies, nil. Sutton and... Epsom Ladies, 64. Streatham and Croydon Ladies, 52. Guernsey Ladies, nil. Demetium Ladies, 101. Harlequin Amateur Ladies, nil. Episodes 4, Spiking of the Week goes to... Bindleville. Sefton Ladies, who lost to Cheltenham Tigers, 102. Nil. I do have an update on the flap situation. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. I've been thinking about your flaps for a week, Molly. I thought you might have been. I really haven't. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but you secretly have. Anyway, enough about the flaps. I had some advice given to me. So Hannah, our physio, as we discussed the other week, was on the bus to Darlington and she texted me from the other end of the bus saying, just listening to the podcast pissing myself i hope not literally sorry (laughs) sorry no i can't strap your flaps i just had to tell alex i can't strap her ass either (laughs) alex injures her ass on a daily basis when she plays rugby and she actually asked she on the back of the pod molly asked if you can strap flaps is it possible to strap my ass so basically anywhere in that vicinity is pretty difficult to strap did she give you any advice at all as how to deal with the Injury. Basically, the garden can't be strapped. No, there's no hope for the garden. No. <laughs> I feel like we've derailed again. So you can't strap a flat. I've got no limbs. Well, actually, I've got no leg. What else have we covered? Superhero team to come. Yeah. Matt doesn't like fun runners. No. I'll tell you what, though. I'm very interested in the update from Jodie on the feud between Reading Ladies and Amesbury Ladies. Because little did we know that they played each other at the weekend. Yeah, wasn't it a very close match? It was an extremely close match. So it was at home at Reading and Amesbury Ladies won 34 points to 31. Sounds like a very close match. That's a very, very close match. Sounds like it could have been quite spicy. It could be very spicy. So Jodie's informed me that She's on the case doing some research into what's been going on behind the scenes there and the various shenanigans. So 
on the next podcast, there'll be an update on what's been going down there because that kind of result, there's a story behind it. Jodie does have the dictaphone. Uh, I did record a couple of things on Sunday, but then I left it in her capable hands. So I can only apologise for the content. Oh my God. Did she do our interview? Yes. No. What, really? I think so, yeah. Jodie was going to go in full, the prowl. full nud. I want to know whether that happened or not. Everyone wants oh, to know I, this. I couldn't tell you, to be honest. I don't know. No inside gossip. Right, we're going to have to patch Jody in. If you're listening and enjoying Grassroots Podcast, please, please, please go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a rating. Really easy to do. No need to do anything beyond clicking the stars. The more we get, the higher up the ratings we go, the more people listen, the more fun we can have. So thank you very much. I wanted to just very quickly touch on this post that I saw on the Women's Rugby Network. It was from Stanford Sirens Ladies Rugby. They've put a long shot, but if anyone has seen them, they've got the number two and the number nine shirts have gone missing from their playing kits. Unfortunately, they didn't notice until their first league game. I think that was last week. So so if anybody's seen the number two or the number nine ship, Stanford ladies, it's a red, white and black stripe. And it says EZ on the front. They've gone missing. So, you know, <laughs> they're in your possession. You could return them anonymously. That would be greatly received. Personally, I would think that... It may be someone from Stanford Sirens Ladies Rugby Club who may have the shirts and may not be owning up to it. Do you get that idea from the fact that you found five shirts in your possession this week, Louise? <laughs> well, interesting. <laughs> I may have had a bit of a clear out of rugby gear recently and I did find a number of playing shirts with number one, three, and 22. Basically, all the large ones. That basically uh, is a start possession. your career, that low, isn't it? You went from tight head <laughs> to loose head to dropped. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Grassroots, a podcast by players for players. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on CastBox and give us a comment. If you would like your team featured, please get in touch. A brilliant finish! This was Grassroots, women's rugby on the roots up.